Hello, sacred beings, and welcome to another episode of Sacred Sister Podcast. I'm your host, Britt Lynn, and if this is your very first time tuning into Sacred Sister Podcast, I want to extend an extra warm welcoming. Hello, beautiful. I just realized that I never pretty much say hi to the noobs, (laughs) even though there's over 200 of you a week (laughs) that are joining us. So we know that the only way that we can deviate from our current train of thought, our current path, our current habits is by gaining awareness, right? Right. This episode is also releasing on Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving. I know that as time goes on, more and more people are gaining awareness over the origins and the roots of where certain traditions are formed. So wherever you fall on the spectrum, if you look at Thanksgiving as a beautiful day to gather with family and really cultivate a space of gratitude from within, if you look at Thanksgiving from a space that says this tradition has a super barbaric past and actually the things that I grew up believing about Thanksgiving are not the way that Thanksgiving went down at all and you don't choose to associate with it, I totally understand that too. And if you are a person, kind of like me, honestly, (laughs) who is having to reframe, having to rediscover, having to recreate what these traditional holidays look like in your family because of loss, this episode is for you today. So many of us are moving through grief, moving through death, moving through loss, and honestly, whenever we lose people close to us, the holidays can feel kind of wild. They can feel like, what are holidays anymore? And especially for the people listening to this who do have your big, beautiful families that you have a really great time on holidays, I am so happy for you. You may not even realize until this loving prompt how truly blessed you are to have your family with you. So wherever you fall on the spectrum, both Hannah and I are so excited to have you here, and we know that you're going to love today's episode. Today, we're featuring founder and CEO of Cosmic Relations University, spiritual mentor, and world-renowned hypnotherapist, Nikki Cosmo. I was introduced to Nikki through Natalia Benson, another amazing, badass spiritual entrepreneur. I probably like six or eight months ago took one of Natalia's weekend summits and Nikki was one of the presenters. Nikki led a workshop on hypnotherapy and I just fell in love with her work. I fell in love with her cadence, her rhythm, the way that she spoke on hypnotherapy and we are so blessed to have her on the podcast today. This episode is so rich rich with honestly topics that make a lot of people super uncomfortable (laughs) and I welcome it. I really, really welcome it. I think these are the types of conversations that we honestly need to be having more, cultivating the spaciousness to hold such 
deep processes that most of us will go through at some time in our lives. In this episode, we're talking about death. We're talking about healing. We're talking about being faced with so much challenge, knowing that we don't ever reach the end of this path of healing. We don't wake up one day and say, oh my gosh, I'm healed (laughs) from here on out. (laughs) I did all the work. (laughs) And also the great many benefits that hypnotherapy has in this entire realm, in surfacing the subconscious mind, in aiding us in gaining conscious awareness over our subconscious programs and how hypnotherapy is a really beautiful stage and platform to transmute a lot of that energy into something that does serve, into something that does empower us, into something that does help us reframe and restructure the ways that we think about ourselves, the things that we think are possible, the things that we want to experience in this life, to be quite honest. At the end of the episode, you're also going to hear Nikki talk about a launch that she has coming up. She's launching Theta Hypnosis Healing. So for any of you who are listening who think that certified hypnotherapy may be for you, this is a vocation that you could really, really see yourself and that you feel called toward offering to the world, I invite you to go into the description of this episode and check out the information. Hypnosis Healing is launching on February 2nd of 2022, and it is an accredited certification. So that's very exciting, and I'm so proud of Nikki for launching this. She's helping so many thousands and thousands and thousands of women. I have personal friends who have completed courses with her, and they have only the highest things to say of her. (laughs) Now in season five, I feel like Sacred Sister Podcast has taken a very special turn. We've had so many powerful guests on this season, and Hannah and I are just becoming more and more seasoned podcast hosts. (laughs) I will say that this episode does get very raw, gets very vulnerable, as Nikki shares about the loss of her entire immediate family and some other challenges that she's been faced with and how she navigated through those. We also open dialogue on the depth of challenge that losing both of my parents has presented me. And a lot of you might not know this, but Hannah and I actually decided to transition a moon ceremony that we were facilitating for 2018 called Sacred Sister Gathering, and we transitioned it after my mom passed away, when I knew that I didn't have the space to hold circles any longer, and we turned it into Sacred Sister Podcast. And I'm so glad that we did. So many thousands of people have been sitting with us, have been connecting with us, and in that change, we allowed Sacred Sister Gathering to die so that Sacred Sister Podcast could be birthed. This is a theme of this episode, witnessing death as a transition and allowing that energy that served in the space before death to bring new life in a rebirthing process. Just yesterday, I'm going through like these really, really deep validation programs, this deep shadow work, and I was looking at my Smith Rider weight deck and I knew that if I shuffled, and ask the energy that I'd be moving through right now that the death card 
was going to be popping out immediately. And what do you know? I grabbed my <laughs> deck, started shuffling, and immediately <laughs> the death card came popping out. And in that sentiment, I want to verbalize this for whoever I know needs to hear it, for whoever it's going to land for. When we experience great hardship, great challenge in life, we can literally spiral in so many directions. And it's conversations like these that I really hope one is able to turn to, that one is recommended, that one stumbles upon even, of powerful women seated together, sharing how they endeavor grief and challenge and death. Because I know myself so well and I know where I've come from, I honestly am astounded that I am handling this the way that I am. I'm so proud of myself. I truly don't feel like I could be on a higher timeline. I am so grateful that my life is panning out the way that it is and that I am moving through this process that I am stepping forward with the energies that I'm stepping forward with. And I wanna be here for any and all who are endeavoring challenge or who know that challenge is coming. We have the ability to formulate our path and the energy that we endeavor it with. I know that you're going to really love this episode. And before we hop into Hannah's astrology segment, I want to ask you if you learned something in this podcast today, if something really hits home, We'd love to know about it. Please consider leaving a rating or review in the streaming app that you're listening to this episode from. And now, let's head into Hannah's astrology segment. Enjoy the episode, babe. Hello, sacred beings. This is your host, Hannah, and this is the Inner Blueprint section. We're going to be checking out the astrological chart of Nikki Cosmo. And the reason why we're doing that is because it makes astrology much more practical when we know the archetypes of our guests. And then during the interview, you can discover how they are expressing their archetypes. And maybe you find even some similarities to yourself or to friends or family. And in that way, astrology is more down-to-earth, practical, rather than a abstract concept. So, let's dive in. Nikki Cosmos' son is in Taurus, in the 12th house. Taurus is a fixed earth sign. It's the earth mother of the zodiac. It's very grounded, practical, down to earth. And that's kind of the energy that I am picking up from Nikki as well. She's able to simplify even complicated processes. And she allows herself to indulge in this physical realm and really make every simple moment count. Her son is also in the 12th house, which is the house of Pisces. And Pisces is the mystic and the dreamer. 
and the 12th house is the house of the subconscious. And this is also, by the way, where her Mercury is and her North Node. So the subconscious plays a very big part in Nikki Cosmo's life. So it's not too surprising that she is a hypnotherapist who is literally studying that subconscious realm and receives the most joy in being there between the worlds. The 12th house is also the house of suffering. And so whatever planets we have in the 12th house, whatever they represent in our chart, they bring us some sort of suffering. And at the same time, they allow us to surrender and trust in the process of life. In Nikki Cosmos' example, she has the sun in the 12th house and the sun represents the father. And her father crossed over in a very challenging way, and she's going to tell us about that. And also her fourth house, her IC, which represents her family and her mother, is in Leo, which is ruled by the sun. So we also, the sun in Nikki Cosmos' case, also represents her mother. And she also experiences suffering through her mother's death as well. And then she also has Mercury in her 12th house, which represents siblings. And her sister crossed over as well. The 12th house is also the house of addictions and self-undoing. And her family, her ancestry, the IC is in Leo, the sun is in the 12th house. So we have this pattern of addictions and subconscious habits that are not serving them well and that lies within her family line and she is talking about that in the interview as well. And so we see how these incredible challenges that Nikki Cosmo is or has been going through in her life are all a part of her inner blueprint. In some way or another it was all designed to happen this way. And as hard as it is, I feel this is where astrology can give us some sort of peace, some sort of deeper understanding. And the reason is because of what has happened, because Nikki Cosmo was so faced and confronted with death in her very own family, it actually helped her to dive deeper into her soul's purpose, her North Node, that's in the 12th house of the subconscious. And it helped her to dive deeper into her soul's purpose. It helped her to shine her light brighter, her sun, and to communicate and learn and teach about the subconscious now. And she's not only guiding people into the subconscious through hypnotherapy, but she's also a teacher, an educator, and helps other people to become certified as hypnotherapists. So she created a business out of the grief, literally, out of the healing process that she was going through, out of that suffering that she experienced in her life. She created a business out of it. She made the best out of it. And that's a beautiful Taurus trait right there as well. Taurus rules business and the ability to make the best out of the resources and the values and the gifts that we receive in life. And sometimes those gifts come in a very dark package. 
Nikki Cosmos' rising sign is Gemini. Gemini is the messenger, the communicator. Gemini is also lighthearted. Gemini loves to see the good in life, loves to make jokes about life, loves to kind of detach. It's an air sign, a mutable air sign. It loves to detach from the drama and just kind of go from flower to flower like a bee or butterfly. Um, it's like the social butterfly in a sense too. And just experience different ways of living life, telling stories and learning from other people and sharing the knowledge with others. And her Mercury is her charge ruler and we talked about Mercury, how it is in Taurus in the 12th house. So that's the main communication that she's focusing on is that 12th house communication and the communication of the subconscious. And also, I didn't mention that, it's also the house of Pisces and it's about compassion and empathy and healing and unconditional love and just the acceptance of what is. Her moon is on the cusp, on second degree Virgo, which still puts it on the cusp between Leo and Virgo. I like to see the cusp between 27 and 3 degrees. And it is in the fourth house, which is the house of Cancer. So for the moon, moon means what is important for her, what is something that she needs to feel nourished, that is sacred to her. And Leo rules the heart. Leo rules that inner child allowing herself to to play and then Virgo is about serving being able to serve others is a big part of what makes Nikki Cosmo happy and being in the fourth house it's also about making memories and being with family and nourishing others and herself with delicious foods and comforts and it's also the power of vulnerability right there. Allowing herself to cry, to feel into the waters. Her sun is in a water house, her moon is in a water house, her chart ruler is in a water house. There's a lot of water happening here. And water rules the soul. Crying is very healing. And Nikki is going to tell us more about her own healing journey. And we talk about healing and suffering and grief and the subconscious and how to reprogram it and pretty much everything that is in her inner blueprint depicted so clearly as one of her deepest gifts and medicine in this lifetime. So we are so grateful to have Nikki Cosmo here with us and we're really excited to be diving into the interview now. So just as a little extra piece, if this is something that sounds interesting to you, I am offering these inner blueprint readings to all of Sacred Sister Podcast listeners at a special discount if you use the code SACREDSIS. You can go onto my website hannahchristensen.com and book your own inner blueprint reading. Britt and I also started on Patreon where we are sharing additional content additional videos, additional ways of looking at the topics that we are communicating about in the podcast. And in this one, it is on video and just Brit and I, and you can really sit with us 
as sisters and you can comment and we can communicate on a deeper level there. So I hope to see you there and the link to the Patreon is on our Sacred Sister podcast Instagram. And so that is it from me. And now let's dive into this beautiful meditation led by Nikki Cosmo. And then we're going to go straight into the interview. Enjoy. Oh, sacred sister, a kindred flame, may we light one another. From the ashes rise. Oh, we rise. Oh, again. Okay, so. I would love if everyone would close their eyes and you can begin by taking 10 deep breaths in through your nose and exhaling out through your mouth. And on the next gentle inhale, you can begin counting your inhales as four counts or four seconds and counting your exhales as six counts or six seconds. And when you feel ready, bring all of your attention and your awareness down to the bottom of your feet. And visualize or imagine a golden light at the bottom of your feet. There is no right or wrong way to visualize this. Some people may see it. Some people may feel it. And then when you feel ready to do so, just time the movement of the golden light with the rhythm of your breath and begin moving it up your body from toes all the way up to your head. So moving gently all the way up through your shins and your knees, all the way up through your thighs, your hips. Noticing it fill your fingertips, your hands and your arms and gently moving up your spine one vertebrae at a time. And on the next gentle inhale, bring the golden light up through your heart and gently allow it to finish up over your third eye and the crown of your head. So your entire body is encased in a golden light of relaxation. And so it is. And so it is. Big stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so lovely. Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Nikki Cosmo. Welcome to Sacred Sister Podcast. Yay. I'm so happy to be here. It's been a, a long time coming. And I think today's the perfect day to be here with you guys. You know what? I think it is too. I'm so grateful to have come across your work. I participated in one of Natalia Benson's summits, maybe like nine months ago, six months ago, and first came across your work in that you were teaching a workshop on hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. And we're just so excited to, 
to get into this conversation a little more deeply. And you and I have also had some side conversations. I know that grief is very much a huge part of both of our lives. And I'd love to focus a little bit of the interview on that as well, because I think a lot of us are moving through various states of grief. And I love really normalizing this concept and especially in such a, such a shiny spiritual setting sometimes where, where we focus so much on the, the beauty and the healing. I love normalizing the, the ugliness and the depths and the snot and the falling apart and the breaking open and how medicinal those pieces are as well in terms of our personal development process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, I love that you said that because I love to play in the darkness. I kind of always have, even before my many losses. And it's more important now than ever because of social media to show, yes, the glittery, the beautiful, the positive, but then simultaneously, two things can be true at once. We can be glittery and shiny and happy and also grieving. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole world right now essentially is grieving in some degree just due to the pandemic and the things that are changing and happening. So, um, knowing that all of it is normal. It's all okay. The darkness is so beautiful. We, when I think, when I think that when we think of beauty, it's like a beautiful, like bright pink or yellow flower. And it has to be vibrant and exciting and like uplifting, but there's so much beauty in darkness as well. You know? Mm, I love that you say that. I feel like, um, I don't remember when it was, but there was a, a really clear moment of truth that I experienced in having a grief session for, I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad's passing or just grieving both of them, grieving the loss of my parents, but coming into the deepest part of like a really, really deep cry session. Like, you know, whenever you, you're, you're in the middle of a whale and then the whale goes deeper and you're at that space at the bottom of the exhale where you haven't inhaled yet and you're feeling the most pain that seemingly like you could feel as a human and it's like that space that i i saw this little seed that it was like oh this is the depth of my love this is the depth of capacity that i'm able to feel so much pain And it's in feeling that pain that I'm like, oh my gosh, not only am I such a powerful human, not only is everything going to be okay, I'm staying alive. (laughs) Like, not only do I recognize how much I'm able to love, but it's like, I don't know. What do you, how do you feel about that process? The beauty and the grief. Yeah. I mean, I'm a crier. I love crying. I cry all the time. And so for me, I feel such a release. I mean, I could be in the middle of the DMV and if I feel tears coming, you better believe they're coming. Like I will not hold back my tears, but for me, it's very, um, it's how I express myself. It's how I express my grief. And, you know, my grief journey has gone up and down. It's been quite a roller coaster throughout the, you know, 15 years or so. And so some days it might look more like thrashing and, you know, on the floor writhing. And then other days, my grief is like, just wants to dance around in some like passive aggressiveness and like bitchiness. And it just, it comes in so many different colors. And I honestly just accept it all and just validate it all. I'm like, oh, that's how grief wants to show up today. Perfect. 
Mm, I love that. And for anybody who doesn't know your story, do you want to share a little bit about what kind of got you to where you are now as a depth hypnotherapist, but also a little bit more about your grief story as well? Yeah, definitely. So it was 14 years ago that my dad passed away suddenly. I'm the one who found him and it was a pretty gory scene. It was not pleasant. And I think about it all the time. My dad was such a cosmic being. That's where I get the surname Cosmo. Um, he was such a cosmic in tune and tapped in being that I know for certain that in that scenario, when he passed, he chose me. He wanted me to be the one to find him, not my mom or my sister. Um, no judgment, but I just think he was like, Nikki's the one who's going to do this, who's going to step across this threshold and, and handle this situation because it was really bad. And I did. And what grief looked like then was leaving the country. I just left. I didn't think of it as escaping, but my many friends at the time called it that. But you know what? I ended up traveling the world for seven years and I lived in various different countries. And that's how I handled my grief was like immersing myself in the middle of India or the middle of Thailand. And unfortunately, while I was living in Thailand, my mom passed away suddenly. And so... I took a red eye home. I was begging the doctors to keep her alive for another 24 hours. Um, they couldn't. So that was devastating. And that grief took a way different um, path. My whole world turned black. Everything just went. I, I actually don't remember very much of those years. There's like a good two-year period that are just completely, they, completely gone. So I blacked out after her death. And then just a few years after that, my sister passed away. So my younger sister, um, she was 24, she passed away. And that was just such a dreaded call because my family, you know, struggled with mental health and addiction and things like this. And in a weird, in a weird godly way, I felt like it might have been coming, but nothing prepares you. I mean, nothing prepares you for anybody's death. But at this point, having lost all of my family members. I mean, people ask me all the time, how do you do it? Or I could never do that. I don't even know how you're surviving. And to be honest, it's a choice. I mean, my I could have gone a way different direction, but instead, and I'm not saying this happened overnight, for God's sakes, it, it did not. But I chose to transmute my challenges into truly helping other people. I mean, that's really why I'm on this planet. You know what I mean? Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that that is wild what a what a deep deep journey into grief on such a deep level and I just want to hold so much space for you and just sending so much love and wow amazing Thank amazing yeah. how you've come out of that and how you are continuously working with that grief because it's never something that goes away Oh my gosh, it never goes away. And in my opinion, in my experience, it it does change the the intensity of it or the way that when it comes in, I can just be with it rather than breaking down in the middle of the mall or whatever. But then different life things happen. Like I gave birth to my first child uh 16 months ago, mm -hmm. and I wanted nothing more, thank you, than my parents to be there. 
I was like, what the fuck? I was mad. I was like, fuck everything. Fuck this. Fuck that. I just was fucking mad. And um, I'm just now befriending anger. And it's been 14 years since my dad passed. Um, you know, because I'm like, why, why'd you leave me type of thing? And of course, I mean, this conversation gets so existential, but um, yeah, what a trippy thing, death. And how Such a trippy thing. Go ahead. <laughs> how would you say the the hypnotherapy or the depth hypnotherapy, especially, how did that help you with moving through that grief in your own way? Oh, wow. Well, I'll be the first to say that I love therapy. I think therapy is fantastic. There's so many different types of therapy out there, but I think if we look down under the surface, but beneath what therapy actually is, whether it's physical therapy, hypnotherapy, traditional talk therapy, it's just gaining support. It's being seen, it's being heard, it's being held. And while I think there's like sort of an air of stoicism, like when someone has lost someone very close to them, they're like, well, I can, I can do this. I can do it on my own. And I'm out here trying to be like, it's okay to not do it on your own. And it's actually, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to pay for help. Um, so in my own journey, I've tried every modality under the sun, just because I was sort of grabbing at, well, what works for me? And there were some things that did and some things that didn't and hypnotherapy really stuck. And I thought this is such a gift. I, I have to, there's no other choice. I have to share this with other people. Yeah. You know what you both just touched on. I love the, the therapy piece, the various forms of therapy and then hypnotherapy. And my question is like, Hannah's a certified hypnotherapist. You're a certified hypnotherapist and you have an institute where you teach others and certify them to be hypnotherapists. Is there a difference between hypnotherapy and depth hypnotherapy? Cause I have no clue. Um, you know, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if there's a difference. I just, I think sometimes I hear of it as depth hypnotherapy and sometimes I hear of it as therapy. So I've always been like, is there a difference? But I know that I've had, uh, I went and saw a woman in my first hypnotherapy experience where it was referred to as depth hypnotherapy. And, uh, I wonder if you can speak to this, both of you, because you take people on journeys all the time. And I, went in just feeling like I was going to tap into this, you know, cosmic being aspect of myself where I go into past life regressions. It was like right after I first heard about past life regressions. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to know who I was in past lives. It's going to be so cool. And then I go in and it was like very hard for me to like release the conscious part of my mind. And I was just like, when am I going to tap in? When am I going to go in? When am I going to like, you know, settle in? And then it became clearer and clearer that I don't know if it was prompted for me, probably you, you two experienced this more, but she started taking me in a different direction and led me down into this dungeon where this inner child version of myself was. And immediately it was this It was my first introduction to inner child work. First of all, I had never really thought of that concept before, but what ensued and what panned out was so much, it was exactly what I needed. I didn't need to do past life regression stuff that day. This stuff of inner child work was so much more prominent in the healing and medicine that I needed in order to move forward into the next phase of my life in that moment. And I just left there like 
it's so humbling, right? Whenever you think that you're going to go in for a certain thing and you wind up being led in an entirely different direction. Like, do either of you have stuff to say on that? And like, do you experience this often? Yeah, I, I experience it, you know, maybe 50% of the time with clients. And I'll say this, that once, once that mind or that voice comes in, that's like, well, when am I going to drop in? Or when am I going to see that one thing? Or come on, come on. That's you're back in the conscious mind. And that in my experience, and I don't know if you can speak to this, Hannah, but in my experience, that's a level of control. It's also a level of fear of letting go, fear of loss of control, and, or possibly in your case, if this was, you know, after you lost your parents, um, we build walls for very good reason. We build, you know, we build moats and gates and locks and doors for very good reason. All of us have them to some degree. So some people's doors are just a bit more locked with more locks and more keys because again, I, I, we never want to make people as hypnotherapists feel bad for not going in, but I see that as, well, let's figure out why, why did you build that wall? what happened? And let's talk about that. And then once they feel that trust with their therapist or practitioner, that wall will undoubtedly come down, but sometimes it's not ready to in that moment. Yeah. Um, I have the same experience. I feel like in every single time, hypnosis takes us exactly where we need to go. We might think in our minds, we're going to go into a specific scenario. But what I found, even when I do my own hypnosis on myself, I think I'm going to go somewhere, but I'm going to end up somewhere else. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I have to go through this now. And it's it comes with a deeper level of trust too, to know, okay, we are guided to experience this realm right now this inner child work or maybe we're just meant to experience the energy flowing through us like when I guide my um, clients into hypnosis I allow them to go wherever they need to be going and sometimes like you were saying when the when the walls are up and when there is that there is still some emotion there there's some distrust and maybe that comes from the past where they were taught you cannot trust your intuition. You're making things up. You're just imagining this. You know, <laughs> I have a lot of clients that are moving through that because as soon as you have some sort of psychic abilities as a child, chances are people have told you, oh, you have such great imagination. Or, oh, you're just making things up all the time. Huh? Are you seeing these ghosts? Oh, how cute. <laughs> you know, and then we get taught, oh, okay, I'm just being crazy. I'm not normal. I cannot trust myself. And then when we go into situations where we're like, okay, cool, let me open my psychic abilities more, let me dive deeper, then a lot of times this voice comes up with like, is that real? Can I trust this? Mm -hmm. And I find it so interesting because ultimately for the healing to happen, for the therapy to happen, for the, the depth of it to happen, it ultimately doesn't matter if that was really your past life, if that visualization is real, if that what you experience really happened, quote unquote, because ultimately what is real, right? <laughs> what is reality? This is like our, where we think our actual objects aren't objects. We're making these up with our minds. Literally right now, this is our perceived reality and we agreed upon this reality, but ultimately it's all energy. Right. And so I feel like it has such a profound um, 
effect on us when we shift it from, oh, it has to feel a certain way, it has to look a certain way to let me just experience whatever comes up and trust because that's when the power of the placebo comes in, the power of belief, right? The power of faith. And that's when the healing starts as well. Absolutely. And you know what? That's inspiring me because I believe that everything you just said also comes with a level of surrender. So I think trust and surrender are very like um, closely linked. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my life, people have been like, how did you just travel for seven years? How did you just buy a one-way ticket and go? (laughs) Honest to God, Shiva, Buddha, who's ever out there, having such close experiences to death was literally the key to unlocking surrender. Because now I understand that I could literally die after this interview. I hope I don't, but I could. And that's how precious everything really is. Mm -hmm. And because I've seen death so closely, I just surrender everything to everything. And so I can just buy that one-way ticket. I can just go, you know, do whatever I want because the preciousness of the now, it's like all we have, if that makes sense. And so when I'm helping clients through anxiety, which is really just fear of the future, I promise you that I definitely experience great depression because that's worrying about the past, but I don't experience anxiety ever because I'm like, well, what even is the future? I'm not worried about it because all I have is right now anyway. So I think it's that, that trust and that surrender really go hand in hand. Um, and going into hypnosis requires that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that hits so hard. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel that so deeply too. And it's, I'll even say this because it's so inspiring for me to see you and knowing that you um, are who you are and that you're doing what you're doing in the world because I'm so fresh with losing my parents. My mom was the beginning of 2019 and my dad was September 2020. So we just passed the one year mark. And um, yeah, I'm still very much in that super, super raw state. And sometimes, gosh, I just wonder, I just wonder what the rest of my life is going to look like, because I still get so um, deeply, deeply grief filled with like, but they can't be gone like for the rest of my life, right? And then I get kind of taken in that reality. And it's very, 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 very hard to sit with that and just be like, oh my God, this is the rest of my life. And I really, I really feel what you were saying about when you had your baby too, because I feel like at this point in my life, I would love to start trying to have children, but there's a part of me that just feels like I can't, have a baby without my mom here to mother me through my first phases of motherhood. So, I mean, I don't even know exactly what it is that I'm trying to convey here, but it just is really inspiring for me to, um, to see you standing in so much power and strength and knowing that you feel stuff that I feel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, losing a parent or a family member, like an immediate family member, is insanity on one level. Losing another one back to back, 
it's indescribable. It's really indescribable because it's just compounded. It's like, I feel for you so deeply. And all of these big life um, things that I've come up to, you know, being with my partner and even just growing my business, my business has become wildly successful. And all the time, I think, are my parents proud of me? And it's, it's devastating. I'm so happy. And I do this for a very specific reason. And I have my, my daughter for a specific reason, but yeah, there are days where I daydream about what it would be like to have, you know, my parents and my sister here to witness it all. And, you know, then there's people out there who say, well, they are witnessing it and you can talk to them. And I'm like, fucking Sally, trust me. I know, but it's not the same. Sally's like my go-to. So I'm like, Sally's just like the girl that's ruining everything. She's like, they're always here with you. I'm like, Sally, that's not helping. (laughs) I've made so many pieces of content because of those experiences where it's like, I get it. Spiritual friends. I freaking get it. I can't even tell you how many times in like moon ceremonies or whatever I'm expressing grief and really pouring my heart out. And then the response from the facilitator is like, I'm here to tell you that they're always with you. And I'm just like, oh, I hate you right now. That's not what I need. <laughs> I well, get it, but I'm having a human experience right now. I don't need, I don't need this spiritual um higher perspective. It's helpful, but that's not where I'm at right now. Totally, totally. And no, you know, I, I feel like go ahead, hang on one second. I just wanted to say, like, let's not bypass the pain. Yeah. A hundred percent. And on that note, I feel like there's almost, it's like all or nothing. Like there's people who grieve, 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 and never allow themselves to blossom out of that into something better. Mm -hmm. And they become very um, much stuck in victim mentality, which is no judgment, just an observation. And then there's people who are like, I'm not sad. Everything's fine. And it's like, well, it's okay to have both and let's find a balance. But, but then again, as I say that out loud, we're all going to grieve differently. But I think as you mentioned, like, let's validate the pain. Let's validate the very, very obvious humanness of like sadness and anger and frustration, guilt, shame. Those are two that come hand in hand with death and grief as well. Totally. Like this balance between transcendence and imminence. I was just reading about this today, actually in an Oracle card that I pulled this morning and I was like, ah. makes so much sense for this interview as well you know like being in with hypnosis it's like literally being right in between those two realms because we're going we're transcending we're going within into the deeper subconscious or into past lives or into um, ancestral patterns ancestral lineages or into childhood um, and then we're also at the same time taking it back into the present moment and bringing it back into this reality and healing the pain through the experience that we had in the past or we healing the, the, the anxiety or the depression or whatever we're, we're um, feeling into, whatever block there might be from, from keeping us from that next level. Um, by the way, if you hear something in the background, that's my baby. (laughs) I was like, I can't tell if I'm listening more to the wisdom of the Oracle cards that you're talking about or the sweet coos of baby Jacob. (laughs) He is four weeks old now. And he's so funny because he's like the loudest nursing baby. I know. Four 
weeks. Yay. Oh my gosh. How fresh. Congratulations. Thank you. He's taking in the milk and he's like, mm, mm. It's just too good. <laughs> it's so funny as a non-mother, when I went to Hannah's house and was hearing Jacob uh, nurse, I was like, waiting for her to start freaking out or something. Cause I was like, what's wrong with him? What's going on? It sounds like he needs help. <laughs> She's like, no, that means he loves it. I was like, Oh, cause it sounds like he can't breathe or something. <laughs> oh, welcome Jacob to earth. Welcome baby Jacob. Thank yeah. You. you know, some of your, some of your work that I really wanted to touch on Nikki that I think beautifully comes into everything that we're talking about right now is that the messaging that I see a lot is how we're able to reprogram our consciousness by surfacing the subconscious like mind stuff in yoga. We refer to it as the chitta So I wonder if you can, for people who maybe have never sat in hypnotherapy or depth hypnotherapy or are very new to this realm, can you go into a little bit of what that process is like and like how it's able to be such a healing modality for so many. Yeah, totally. So baby Jacob, listen up (laughs) Um, from the ages zero to eight where, you know, you hear all the time that children are sponges or children are absorbing everything you say, which is a more like commonly heard thing. But as a hypnotherapist, I, I make it very simple for my clients to understand that from zero to eight, we are like a fresh brand new computer and it doesn't have any programs on it yet. It's just the the computer itself, but there's nothing really running in the background. So we're starting to get all these programs and download them from our parents or our community or maybe other siblings, friends. And we start absorbing all of these things that are called our truths. Now, fortunately, we may be picking up on positive habits or behaviors that become our truths, but also we are picking up on negative habits and behaviors that also become our truths. So good and bad doesn't matter when it comes to the truths of zero to eight. So what ends up happening is the three of us are adults, and I'm sure most of you listening are adults. We are now adults running or being governed by the programs that were downloaded or installed from zero to eight. Of course, we've learned so much since eight years old, being in our 20s and 30s. However, it's the subconscious programs that are running everything. So if you, let's say you had a parent um, abandon you when you were five. So now you're 20, 30 years old and you have maybe relationship issues and and you get fearful when people leave or maybe you self-sabotage before it even gets good because down deep beneath your conscious awareness, which means you don't even realize it's happening, there's a deep well of abandonment there. And so some of us are aware of what happened to us or around us between zero and eight, but most of us are not aware of perhaps what happened to us or around us. So going into hypnosis is going into that, that treasure trove, you know, 95% is the subconscious mind. So 95%, roughly 95% is holding all of this goodness. And does everyone need to go like spelunking the subconscious? No, But if you want to learn about yourself and be better, then I highly recommend it. With that being said, it's not always easy. There's sometimes dark corners down there, but I say it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. 
Absolutely. I love how I feel like this is the meeting of the minds because you two take people deep within the subconscious. And I love focusing on gaining awareness over the self in the many different facets through utilizing self-knowledge systems like the chakra system, where we can very easily like utilize self-inquiry and like words communication to prompt ourselves to reflect back on past human experiences, which for me speaks to how different modalities are exactly what some people need. And some just speak to other people or speak to some people more than other modalities. And that's some of the beauty of having so many modalities at our fingertips. Totally. And on that note, because I know many of my students and clients uh, grapple with this is you don't need to choose one modality, then that's your modality till the end of time. So like I used to be way more into energy work and then it kind of felt like energy work and I were just kind of finished with each other. And that's when I got into subconscious work and that's where I am now. Maybe that'll change. So if anyone's listening and they're like, why haven't found my thing and I don't know what works for me, just keep trying and it'll, it could change all the time because we're always changing. Yes. Totally. And that's what I started with um, astrology and looking at from an astrology perspective and then going into Reiki energy healing. And then uh, just um, maybe like a year and a half ago, I started to say, you know what? I love astral travels myself. I love to put myself into hypnosis I want to do that with my clients too and bring that actually into the container, into the coaching container. And it's been, it's been such a fun ride. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like, it ultimately comes down to whatever medicine works for us. Mm -hmm. We share it. Totally. And that can change because sometimes we like we get to meet a new medicine and we're like, oh, I like this one. Or we realize, oh, you know what? I've been using this medicine for so long. Why haven't I shared it with my clients? Why haven't I bring that into my cauldron <laughs> of um, my unique medicine that I that I give out in my business? Or even for people that don't have a business, just sharing it with family, with friends, with neighbors, you know, whatever we gained wisdom off, it's so beautiful to, to share it with totally. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer that healed is not a place we get to. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that healed, like I'm healed. I don't believe that like, that's just a, a place we get one day. So that's, you know, that has helped me in my journey in understanding that, yeah, it's been 14 years since my dad passed. Do I feel more healed now than 14 years ago? A hundred percent. But it's, it's the journey, you know, and you hear it all the time. It's the journey, not the destination, but that's true with healing as well. Healing is just this weird, crazy roller coaster that you're on. Sometimes it feels like, yeah, I'm on top of the world. And other days you're like, nothing's been fucking working. What's wrong with me? I'm messed up. And, you know, just to remember that it is that ebb and flow. And I feel like it's like the spiral and we come around like the same, kind of like astrologically, you know, when you think of the transits, like the same thing is getting activated in our chart again, it's same thing is activated in our life again. Through the healing process, through the healing work, we can react to it differently, our reaction to it is different. But the pain (laughs) is still there. The pain is still the same. And then we can just grow 
through it by reacting to it differently or working with it differently or letting it move or flow through it in a new way. Oh my gosh, that you're reminding me with the spiral of, um, there's a Thai symbol called the Unalome. Are you guys mm-hmm. familiar with Yeah. And I'm just, I'm envisioning that right now because that's exactly what it is. And for those who don't know, it's it's like a spiral that goes up and up until the point. And I think that's that's when they believe you reach enlightenment with which in my opinion is sort of death. I don't know if we reach enlightenment in this waking state, but we can get pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that. I wish I had the painting up here, but for my moon blood time, usually I'm creating pieces of art with my moon blood and it's a very sacred ritual that's really helped me deepen my connection to my own creative process. And the one that I have sitting on my nightstand downstairs combines um, the vortex, the spiralic vortex that is going down in that conical shape that we think of when we think of a vortex. And then at the point that it comes into itself, it starts going into that unalome formation. That's like, for me, I visualize it. And I think of the deeper that we go and come to know our own self and our own processes and our own pain and our own healing more and more, the more that we are transcending our beliefs and able to step into those next levels of embodiment. I don't know. I think I wrote in the center of the blood, um, the, the deeper you, yeah, the deeper you go, the higher you rise. Mm, I love that something that I just come back to all the time. Cause it's so true. That healed state is not something that we necessarily get to. And then it's like, okay, for the rest of life, we're going to be so good to go. It's like, that's the fun in life. I feel like the, the control mechanisms that step forward say, I want to get to the end point. I want to get to the healed state, whatever that looks like. But then actually this really limitless, um, like eternal spirit part of ourselves is like actually really enthralled with the fact <laughs> that we never get to the end point because if we got to the end point, it's like, yeah, death. What is the point of life? What is there to do still? <laughs> That's why we've incarnated in the first place, right? Totally. <laughs> mm. Whenever we're outside, like whenever I, I bring my clients to the life between lives and they experience that, heaven quote-unquote or god quote-unquote it's they have no question it's like all is well it's pure bliss oneness there is nothing to ask for there's nothing to strive it just is and it's love and it's it's pure and then we come back into this human body and then we're like oh I have all these questions for life and I'm curious about this and this and I want to discover and explore and it's the it's that beauty again with that's the reason why we incarnated because we we chose certain blocks and we chose certain pains and and traumas to go through certain wounds because it helps us to feel that separation and then realize ultimately realize yes we're all one but then also feeling through the pain how does that feel like how is that how can i work with that and i feel like that actually makes us more powerful as well like if we have like a completely blissful life and there's no pain there's no trauma there's no wounds at all nothing i don't know i feel like by the end of the lifetime we would be like what did i learn (laughs) 
right? Like, how did I grow through this? Because I feel like there, there is a need for, there needs to be a challenge in order to really grow. Mm. Like, it's beautiful to be in pure love and, and bliss in paradise. But if there are never arguments or ever anything that goes against what you believe or anything that goes against what you expected to happen, it's kind of boring, too. I love that you're that you're speaking this, especially now where the world feels like at odds with each other. And I mean, I can't speak for the whole world, but that's what it seems like in my perspective. And I always keep this in the back of my mind that we're all operating from such different experiences and or traumas and lenses that we're never all going to agree anyways. I believe that. So it's okay if there's like a falling out with a friend or it's okay if there's a death or maybe an injury or this or that, because that's just how life unfolds anyways. And I, I don't know if it's even helpful to try and build the perfect world, but perhaps taking, um, you know, the underbelly, like the darkness and the sad and the anger and the frustration and going, okay, well, how can I live with it? How can I consciously live with it rather than trying to fight against it or pray? You know, I, I, I know someone who is so fearful to go outside and I'm like, well, you're missing out. Like maybe you'll trip and fall and break your elbow, but like, but, but instead you're staying inside and you're missing out on all the other possibilities that are really beautiful. So I hope I'm making sense, but it's like knowing that there are troubles in life anyways. And so just accepting that and, and going, okay, well, how can I, how can I live with it? Mm-hmm. And might might as well do what my dreams are, and might as well go for it because there is a potential for failure anyway. And yes, and that that person that you speak of, she could trip and fall in her very own house mm-hmm. and could die mm-hmm. in the house like that. You know, like it's like literally, or just looking into bacteria, like the air inside our house has more bacteria than it has outside you know it's so funny how we think like oh we're safer inside but it's like hmm, actually <laughs> actually outdoors sunshine and grass and nature is actually more healing in in many ways totally you know and so yeah I love that I love that you said that too just ex- ex- accepting that there will be some sort of wounds and in astrology we have a chiron in a chart and and every single one of us in the birth chart has a chiron and the chiron is the wounded healer and a wounded healer like the archetype of chiron is he got wounded he is in pain and he never heals from it but through his journey of healing which is a continuous journey and it never really ends he became a teacher and through that he is the wounded healer to others so he can heal other people that have a similar wound or are moving through something and they and he can help them because he's already a few steps ahead on that healing journey you know and we all have that in our chart which makes me as a mother it makes it a little bit easier on us too knowing okay in some way or never my child will have that wound in them as much as I can try to like give them the perfect world and the perfect life they will have their own traumas their own wounds to work with to heal through and it's not up to me to take that away from them Mm. because it's actually it's actually a gift in itself 
Totally, totally. My daughter, Jade, had open heart surgery at six months old. And bless the nurses and the doctor's hearts. But the amount of times I heard, she's so young, she won't remember. And I just, you know, compassion, compassion, compassion. But I'm like, little do they know that I I literally study the subconscious mind. And yes, actually, to some degree, this will have an impact on her life. But I don't say that that it will be definitely negative, but it will impact her in some way. And, you know, a friend of mine was gracious enough to be like, okay, so that when that day arises, whatever, however it shows up for Jade, at least she has you as a mom to kind of hold that space and talk her through it. And like you said, I'm not going to take that away from her because that's her experience, but I can at least say, Hey, here's some tools to understand that you went through like a major surgery when you were six months old. (laughs) So yeah, I resonate with that. Mm-hmm. so beautiful wow I feel like we've covered so many <laughs> pockets so many deep beautiful facets and I know that our time is drawing nearer to a close and I really really wanted to talk with you about this so for both of you I'm really curious to know what your take is on clients who come to your doorstep with recurring dreams that they potentially like haven't really known how to glean wisdom on glean insight from like, do you always feel like their past life memories? Um, I have a lot of recurring vivid dreams that are like literally some of my recurring dreams are the very first memories that I have of human life in this body. And I'm just so curious to hear your take on that. Yeah. So I don't believe that it's always past life memories, but what I do believe to be true is when we dream, especially a reoccurring dream is that's your subconscious mind speaking to you through symbols and metaphors. So I always tell my students and clients, I'm a bit weary of dream interpretation books only Mm -hmm. because what a spider in my dream means to me is not what a spider is going to mean to you in your dream. So I always just say, try to find the symbolism and, um, you know, the metaphors, but it's almost like your subconscious is speaking to you very poetically. And if you're having a reoccurring dream, it's It's like like knocking on the door door. being like, this is what I'm trying to tell you. This is the thing I'm giving you some answers on a platter dissect me now. Totally. Uh, And just Mm -hmm. to add to that, I love that you said that because sometimes we can place so much stock in like what somebody else has said is like the way to look at something. And I always think back to one of my teachers, Greg Braden, who I'm sure people that tune into Gaia TV know who Greg Braden is. He's amazing, beautiful cancer sun man. So Greg Braden says that at all of his workshops, he has people that come up to him and they're like, I need your help with dream interpretation, please. I feel like you'll be able to help me figure this out. And he listens to this long stream of a dream. And then they're like, what does it mean? And he always responds the same way. He tells them, as much as I'd love to be this saving grace for you, I have to say that I could never in my wildest dreams tell you what that means for you. Because if you're powerful enough to have such a wild dream that sticks with you in your waking life, you have to be the person to interpret what that means for you. And it might take time. It might take effort. It might take sitting down with a notebook and pen and really traversing like the potentials of what that could be for you. But going to somebody else and thinking that they have the answer for you when you're such a unique individual 
like it speaks to everything that you just said, the symbolism. How is someone else going to know what symbolism A, B, and C means in your life? It's like one of the most powerful and empowering pieces that we can sit within ourselves and be like, maybe I actually have the answer, (laughs) right? Yeah, totally. And with when I have, you know, clients who I've known for six months to a year plus, if they come to me and say, I would love your help interpreting this. At that point, I know the person well enough that I can offer little tidbits of, you know, advice, but I a hundred percent agree with that is like, let's trust our own intuition and, um, and gut to, yeah, decipher what these symbols are representing to us because they are indeed messages. I mean, we can have a dream and just go, oh, that was cool. And then push it aside and go about our day. That's fine. But I I love interpreting dreams myself. I've been doing it like my whole life. I'm a big time dreamer. I dream in color. And I think that there's so much to be um, gained from interpreting our own dreams. Absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the practices I actually do with my clients every session. I ask them, okay, what did you dream this week? <laughs> and it's it's fascinating because for for many, even if it's just a little dream and just a little tidbit, and we don't even remember much of it, I always say just write it down because those are messages. And when we honor these little messages, then our subconscious, our guides, our connection to the divine becomes stronger because we honor the little pieces in the relationship. And so the highlights are coming out more too. And we're not just waiting for this like, oh my gosh, I need this huge lucid dream or it needs to be like this amazing story unfolding. But even just a tiny little tidbit of a dream can have such deep message in it. And I feel like where really the depth comes in is when we go away from the mind and we go into the soul, into the feeling, away from would we think or like, oh, that's weird. That was kind of just a random dream. That didn't make any sense going into, well, what did you feel in a dream? Mm-hmm. What are the feelings that you're moving through in that dream? And how did they relate to your waking life? And then suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, that little tidbit of a dream was actually super deep. And then even I love asking the question, if you could go back into your dream, what would you change? Hmm. And then asking from that perspective, how does that relate to your current reality? Because a lot of times we can feel into, oh, what would I change in my dream is oftentimes something that we are called to make that choice in our waking life right now. Totally. I love that you said that it doesn't have to be a big extravagant lucid dream. And it's just the little tiny messages. It's the same for being in hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a client will come out and say, all I saw was um, a fire hydrant. What does it mean? I'm like, I don't know, (laughs) but you got something that's definitely not nothing. That's you got a fire hydrant. Cool. Let's figure out what that means to you and, and why your subconscious mind is venting out that information now. So totally. And speaking of, you said the words waking life. There's an old movie. I think it's from like 1994 called waking life. Have you guys seen it? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Everybody waking life. That's on your to <laughs> list. That's your homework. It's about lucid dreaming. And it, it is so psychedelic and trippy and awesome. And it just, the essence of the whole movie is that your dream state is just as real as your waking state. It's really, it's a special film. Let me know once you've watched it. 
Because mm-hmm. ultimately, this is a dream too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, hey. bang, what? What? <laughs> yeah, I really love that both of you touched on that. And I have to say, like, definitely been there many times before where I remember one of my first, uh, like hypnotherapy, um, pieces when I was, uh, getting my RPYT, my registered prenatal yoga certification in 2016. Um, one of the workshop facilitators was taking us down, down the steps. And again, my conscious mind was like, "Ah, am I going to ever be able to, what if I can't, you know, my anxious mind. And then I came out and I wanted to have a pity party about it. So she was asking like, you know, what was everyone's experience? And I was like, you know, I only, I only got to tune in for that, like five minutes or something. Like I couldn't even, couldn't even get there. And it's like, I wanted people to feel sorry for me, right? Cancer, cancer rising shadow expression, this victim mentality. And she was, she really astounded me by saying, at least you were able to experience any of it. And it like turned it on its head because I wanted it to go one direction, but she wanted to focus on the the fact that I could even experience it for a second. And even recently I've been having conversations with people where they're like healing. I want healing to happen now. Mm -hmm. And I reframed it in a way that was like, well, aren't you saying you're sitting down in front of a lit fire in the morning and setting intention for the day? Can that be the initiatory steps in healing? Can you acknowledge that? And it's this really beautiful play with like, what do we choose to focus on? Where do we choose to host our mindset within? Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful for us to, to see where it is that we're choosing to focus and then to take a step back, right? Witnessing observer and say, oh, if this is not feeling so great, can I, can I lean into something else or even get curious about leaning into something else and seeing if that f- takes some of the pressure off myself for wanting to experience the healing now, like having this angels parting the cloud moment of like, ah, you've reached the steps of glory. (laughs) Totally. A hundred percent. And I love that you say it that way also, because it is common that I have clients who feel that they want that. And I, I go, okay, hold on, pause. You're here right now in this chair doing hypnotherapy with me. You're doing it you are healing. You're healing right now, like in real time. And, you know, if anyone's out there and they're not doing a therapy, no judgment, but even if you say, Hey, I'm just going to go outside and gaze at a rose for a minute, that that's you choosing, you know, you, we could be choosing to indulge in much worse things, but healing is happening all the time. If you choose to see it that way. And I just think it's a little glamorized on social media right now on what healing should be or should look like or how fast it should happen. And if we can just erase all of those expectations, as long as you're making steps towards your betterment and your wellness, then you're healing Mm -hmm. in whatever way that freaking looks like. You know what? I ordered sushi seven days in a row last week. To me, that felt healing. I love sushi and I indulged. I'm like, fuck it. I am going to eat sushi every day for seven weeks. And for me, that felt great. Beautiful. Yes. And I just recently downloaded that affirmation for myself because I was moving through that and one of my clients too, which is usually we're mirrors to our clients, which is so fun too. Like whatever they're kind of moving through, like something in some way or another in a facet is coming up in my life as well, or I remember it from, from the past. And it was, I let it be enough. 
I mm-hmm. let it be enough. And it was so liberating to me because, you know, as a new mom of two for four weeks now, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I have all these ideas that I want to do with my business. And then, um, you know, obviously I got to take care of the household as well. And ultimately I want to just spend time with my baby and cuddling him up and I have my daughter and I want to spend time with my husband and, you know, take care of myself, like so many things. And there's always, there's always something that doesn't get done (laughs) at the end of the day. There's always something left on my to-do list. And I just said to myself, you know what, whatever I did today, I let it be enough. Whatever I felt today, I let it be enough. And I feel like with griefing too, with healing, I let mm, it be enough. I love that. And it just feels so good, especially for for people like like us that love to help and love to do things and put things out and achieve and you know be of service. <sighs> I let it be enough. It's like this coming back to this present mm-hmm. moment of it's okay. Totally. Mm. What a neat little bow <laughs> to wrap. No, I, I took a mental note of that. I highlighted it. I'm like, okay, it's in my brain. That's the new mantra. <laughs> mm. It's so true. I mean, just just to to inject a little bit more truth into that sentiment that you just so eloquently relayed, Hannah, like yeah, sometimes I find myself wanting it too. It's like I invest in another another course or another workshop or another teaching or another certification or something that I am like, okay, you think when you get to that hori- that moving horizon, right? <laughs> that moving sunset, you think that when you get to the end of this one, then the part the clouds are gonna part and that person is gonna come out and be like, and you're ready to take <laughs> on the world now. <laughs> when really I am allowed, I am able, and that is the only way that I'm going to initiate myself into those next steps is if I let it be enough. (laughs) Totally, totally, totally. And, you know, that's why I share so vulnerably with my audience and my community that, okay, on the one hand, via Instagram, it may look like I have it all together and I have a thriving business and like bazillion dollars in the bank and a perfect child. Maybe that's what it looks like because some people come at me with that. And I'm like, look, I cry all the time. I'm messy. I freaking have a load of laundry that I haven't folded in a week. Like I'm, I'm all the parts just like you. And, you know, we're all the parts all the time and that's okay. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And so some people are like, I want to be a hypnotherapist like you. I'm like, perfect. But that doesn't mean all the shit goes away. That just means I'm learning to balance the shit and the business and the baby and the this and the that and the grief. And I think the word we've said quite a few times here today is balance. It doesn't have to be black and white or it doesn't have to be, you know, all or nothing. Yes. So beautiful. Thank you so much. This was such an amazing time sitting with you Nikki and I feel like we could just talk for hours and hours (laughs) I know I love doing this with the two of you it's like a beautiful little tripod I see here (laughs) 
Yes, the magic triangle. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you guys so much for having me. It was such yeah. an honor. Yes, absolutely. It was our absolute pleasure. And we were so patient in the process. We knew that it was all going to come together. It was all going to be worth it. And this is another piece that we really love about Sacred Sister Podcast that we really just let it flow. We let ourselves be guided. And every season we're, we're guided by a new force, a new energy. But anyways, we love to conclude this episode, we love sitting with our guests and asking them our three sacred questions. And these sacred questions can come in a smaller format, really whatever it is that rises up to the surface. And are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) Beautiful. So what does sacred mean to you? Ooh, sacred means to me The first word that comes to mind is holy, but I don't know if I can actually even define what that means either. It feels sacred means special. Like I feel, it feels like a special place called home. I'm rubbing my chest right now because that's what feels like what I need to do. Sacred feels here. Like it feels like it's a home in my heart. Mm, Beautiful. And who is a sacred sister to you? And what does it mean to have a sacred sister? Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Uh, I have a sacred sister named Alexis and Alexis has known me my whole life and she's sacred to me, which is why it makes so much sense now that I set a special place in my heart is because Alexis knew my family and my family's not here anymore. And so she she holds the keys to some very special memories that I may not have access to anymore because part of grief is memory loss or brain fog. So Alexis has seen me in all of the different versions of me, the happy, the sad, the the dark, the light. And up until this point, we've been friends for 22 years. She still accepts me full out. And that is a damn good sacred sister who accepts you full out, regardless of if you're up or down, left or right. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. And I really resonate with that sentiment that like the friends that knew when, when someone's lost somebody, the friends that knew those people and knew you before you had lost those people. It's mm-hmm. like such a special, special connection. I love that Hannah was able to meet my parents. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have full body chills from that. And I have such beautiful memories with them too. They're so sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the final one is how do you personally turn something mundane into something sacred? Well, going back to what I said before, this might sound morbid, but it's just my truth that I, I have a very deep understanding that I could die in two minutes. Mm. I could, I could die in two minutes. So yeah, I have to fold that laundry that I've been putting off for a freaking week but let's like make it meditative because who knows what tomorrow brings. Let's like, just let's dance. Let's put the music on and fold the laundry or do the dishes or sit at the DMV and smile at someone who looks like they may need a smile because if we're not doing that, then what's the point? You know, like, let's just be happy, joyful people. So when shit is shit, feel bummed for a minute, but I always say be bummed for like two minutes and then pull yourself out. Mm. So dope. (laughs) I feel like all of us need that. Yes. And for Uh, anyone who wants to work with you on a deeper level, Nikki, what are your offerings? Yeah. So I, 
you know, do private hypnotherapy sessions, three, six, nine, or 12 months. And I'm also teaching uh, how to become a certified hypnotherapist that begins on 2-22-22. So a very special mm-hmm. training if you're interested in becoming a hypnotherapist. And that's just NikkiCosmo.com and at NikkiCosmo on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active is Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it's Cosmo with a Z and Nikki with one K. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) All the special funny spellings. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, we want to thank you so much. We are so grateful that this time was able to pan out, that you were able to come into our sacred space and that we were able to enter this deep into dialogue. Thank you so much to everyone that is sitting with us here at the end of this episode. You are such a sacred sister, brother being in our eyes. We are so grateful for you. And yeah, if you learned anything in this episode, we invite you to share it with those that you love And yeah, if you're resonating with Nikki on that deeper level, we do encourage you to reach out. Amazing. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Thank you.